Hey everyone, this is Dave Cruz from Flyber Labs, a podcast on business and innovation in the Midwest and beyond. Here you'll meet fascinating people and learn about new technologies and practices that will change how you look at life and business. Enjoy. Hey everyone, this is uh, Dave Cruz and today we are lucky enough to have Ryan Pulliam with us. And Ryan is co-founder and chief marketing officer at Specular Theory. And Specular Theory is a, a leading uh, virtual, virtual reality content creation studio and t- tech company based in Venice Beach, California. And their, their client roster is quite impressive, and so is some of the v- VR work they've done. So I'm excited to learn more about what they're doing. Um, and, and Ryan's a frequent speaker around VR and has quite a background around digital media and marketing and storytelling. So I invited Ryan on the show to learn more about her background and more about specular theory and the future of VR. So Ryan, thanks for uh, joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. And uh, to start out, could you give us a little bit about your background, which is a a nice, uh, rich background, I think, in media content? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I basically studied journalism and mass communication uh, in college. I went to Boulder. And... um, I've worked for a number of companies since then, but um, I think media and marketing have just always been sort of the common denominator. Uh, I did a lot with social media marketing and influencer and experiential marketing, uh, working on both the, the brand and agency sides, and really built my career, I think, around that. Um, I think most of that stems from just me really loving the ways that products or brands can connect to consumers in authentic ways. Um, and, you know, I think when it really comes to having products that people love and then being able to build a business from those products. um, You know, just a really genuine, authentic way to connect and both parties win. Um, You know, in the same way that social media and mobile kind of change the way that brands can communicate and tell stories to create that kind of engagement with consumers, I think VR just really takes us to the next level. And um, so I didn't really have the technical background, per se, to create VR content, but I knew I had the passion and expertise to help drive it. Um, you know, after 12 plus years and, and working with brands and agencies, it was really kind of the perfect complement to, to my business partner now and, and starting Specular Theory. So before Specular Theory, what was one of one or two of your favorite projects that you worked on? Um, I did a lot with uh, ESPN. I used to work with ESPN College Football um, and did that kind of right out of college. And then when I moved to San Francisco, I got into to social media and was one of the kind of first. I guess, consultants for pop chips in the very huh. early days, kind of running their influencer and guerrilla marketing um, strategies. And then when I moved to LA, I, I started working a lot with um, musicians and, and kind of celebrities who just really needed help with social media. So um, probably the, the biggest claim to fame was working on a social media uh, campaign for an unknown artist called Andrew Day. And she literally had no social media, didn't huh. know how to tweet, had no idea, like wasn't on Facebook and, we, um, I worked with my partner, another partner on that, and we ended up getting her, you know, a million followers within eight weeks, and then she was signed to a, a record deal with Warner in twelve weeks. So wow, kind of the perfect storm. That's, cr- that's crazy. So I know we're t- supposed to talk about VR, but how did you make that happen? <laughs> <laughs> a little sidetrack. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a lot of a lot of uh, strategy involved, but um, you know, it was really just kind of about getting her voice out there. And I mean, at the end of the day, she just She's so extremely talented, and you know you really have to back up yeah. your product, more or less. So she kind of made my job easy. Um, but yeah, it was really just kind of you know really using all the tools in social media. We did a lot with YouTube and kind of coordinated um, 
videos that she would sing that were cover songs of kind of recording artists that were about to go on tour, and we knew we could leverage, you know, search terms there and um, and really build her brand, you know, just around her story. And, and then it was just me going out and having, you know, conversations in the social sphere um, to just get her on the radar. Wow, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that, that's quite a good background. And and you kind of touched on but what uh, attracted you to VR, kind of that next level of, of the storytelling that you could uh, provide? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I always kind of follow emerging tech. Um, and so when I was working for an agency down in L.A., um, just kind of as a side story, I really wanted to take up kiteboarding. <laughs> and uh, and my business partner now, Morris, is actually the one who ended up teaching me how to kiteboard. And, um, you know, we just became really good friends. And at the time, he was experimenting with creating augmented reality. And, um, and then, like, the minute the, the first developer kit came out, the DK1, um, you know, he's like, I think I can create something. And I had been reading about it, so I really wanted to try it. And I literally just went to his house um, just to see what it was all about. And was just completely mind blown. I mean, I tried the wrist coaster on the first headset and literally just put the headset down and quit my job at the agency and then never really left it side. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's a yeah, good story. I was, I was all in. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And and so, you know, what what can you do with virtual reality that you can't do with tradition, more traditional methods like social media and uh, other other means? Oh, man. I mean, there's just so many things. Um, I mean, I think, you know, for starters, it's immersive. Um, I mean, I kind of have this new thing. I'm calling it, like, anti-flat entertainment, um, <laughs> which just means that, you know, up until now, we've, we've all been consuming this content on sort of tiny rectangular screens, and at the end of the day, you know, it's flat. So I think with VR, just the fact that you're completely immersed into a scene or a story and, um, you know, the fact that you can become... A new person. I mean, you can like literally see the world through someone else's eyes and perspective, and it's just it's just so impactful. Um, you know, it's something that's really just never been done before, and it's, it's all new storytelling. And I really think it's going to transcend and transform humanity. And um, you know, on top of that, I just I think it's going to disrupt every technology we have now, just the way that we consume media. Because really, the fact that it's so immersive is, you know, not only can you sort of hack your understanding of the world in less than two minutes um, through a compelling VR piece and, and drive empathy. But, you know, you're really going to transform the way that we shop, the way that we interact, the way that we socialize, you know, um, everything. Hmm. Interesting. I had other questions that I asked, but I'm, I'm curious. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious if you could expand more on, you know, one project that you've worked on kind of that, kind of exemplifies how it's going to change media and everything, um, or at least even where you think it's going to go, I guess, one, one or the other. Yeah, I mean, there's, we've had a, a, a lot of different projects. Um, I think one of our biggest kind of case studies that really put our name on the map was a series we created called Perspective. And so we had um, Perspective Chapter 1 debuted at Sundance in 2015, and really just, I think, drove the conversation around using VR as an empathy machine. Um, the whole idea behind the series is that you kind of essentially relive the same event through different people's perspectives, and huh. we chose very hot-button issues. So Chapter 1 was about a sexual assault that happens on campus. Um, chapter 2, which was at Sundance again this year, and at Tribeca was kind of taking on police brutality. Um, and the idea wasn't necessarily to make you know, someone the hero or the villain or right or wrong. It's just really about 
having people think, you know, think through things and, and live something through someone else's eyes so that they just have an understanding of how things can escalate and that these things happen in the real world. And we really wanted to kind of drive conversation around that and also just, I think, really prove the power of the medium. Um, I mean, another really compelling story we had was just randomly, we were giving a talk at um, Singularity University last fall, and I was showing demos to everyone who attended um, before the panel, and this guy in a wheelchair came up and, you know, wanted to see VR, so I showed him this surf experience we had created for Jeep, which is a live-action surf experience where you literally get barreled. And I'm not thinking anything of it. I'm just thinking, oh, you know, like for me, even as a, a kite surfer, like I will never get barreled. I'm not really on that level. So I just thought like, cool, like this guy will probably just love the sensation of getting barreled for the first time. And he literally took the headset off and just looked at me and goes, wow, like I've never even known what it, what it feels like to stand up. Oh because apparently goodness. he's been, you know, he's uh, born with muscle dystrophy his whole life. He's been in a wheelchair his whole life. And my business partner and I just looked at each other just, wow, like, you know, this, this is just a whole other level and just way that you can change someone's oh life. You know, when, you, when you're not even thinking about it, it's, it's got all these different, you know, effects and, and I think powerful, um, powerful experiences that can be created. Interesting. All right, so we'll come back to that, but maybe... Uh, could you just give a, a brief uh, overview on specular theory to, for the audience, kind of what you guys do? I think we have a good yeah, feel for absolutely. it, but <laughs> what's the 30-second <laughs> overview? <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, you know, my partner, Morris May, and I created specular theory um, in 2013, and we really did it just to, you know, we wanted to break new ground in the realm of virtual reality storytelling and immersive media. Um, so we're a content-focused company. We work a lot with brands and studios and different content creators and YouTube stars, as well as produce our original content, like our perspective VR series. Um, and so, you know, we're, at the end of the day, just, just focused on creating premium virtual reality content. Right now, we're doing a lot of live-action cinematic experiences, but, you know, we have uh, capabilities to do everything. My partner's background is all in visual effects, and then my background working with brands and agencies so it was really kind of the perfect blend um of you know being a production studio a technology company and also a creative agency yeah that is a perfect blend and it, i saw some of your uh, videos on on your site and yeah you, you have some pretty amazing digital effects uh and so and how do you build out some of these um projects in vr do you have a team or do you bring on people for certain depending upon what skill sets you need or yeah, we've got, um, you know, we've got pretty much everyone in-house. Um, you know, we will bring on maybe additional freelancers depending on the, the project when we need to ramp up. But, you know, for the most part, we we really drive the creative for every piece, and I think that's kind of become um, hmm. an important asset for us, and especially with Morris's background. Um, you know, we've custom built all of our own cameras, so we don't buy any of their cameras or rent cameras in the marketplace, um, which is great because it really gives us the ability to build the tech to tell the story which is unlike a lot of companies that oftentimes end up telling a story because they're dependent on whichever type of technology they have. And so, you know, we really just come in, you know, a lot of clients come to us and, and they have no understanding of VR, but they just know that they need to get into it. And then we have some people that, you know, really have kind of scripted out ideas and, and want it to complement or be ancillary content and existing IP. And so, you know, we work with everyone kind of in the same way, but at the end of the day, it's really just about, you know, crafting the best story in VR and really educating the client and working with their creative team so that we can take their ideas and their stories and their assets and, and craft something that's truly unique to the platform. 
And how do you get the specular theory going? Did you? Who was your first client, and uh, how did you how did you land them? Yeah, I mean, it was really just for a while, Morris and I just hammering away, um, you know, at his apartment and just, you know, creating as much content as humanly possible, um, huh. especially at the time. And, you know, after a while, we, we got to the point where we could put stuff in the in the Oculus Sphere site and had great feedback from that and went to conferences. And we ended up, um, our first real client was Google, actually. So, really? you know, we got really, <laughs> really lucky with them. And they continue to be one of our biggest clients. Um, we work a lot with, with YouTube. So it's been, yeah, an amazing amazing ride ever since interesting huh. and so at first you're just creating lots of content experimenting and then you got noticed because you started putting stuff out out there is that essentially how you got um attracted youtube and other folks yeah exactly i mean we we you know nerded out and went to every single virtual <laughs> reality meetup and conference that we possibly could and wanted to see you know everything that was out there and um you know really was with Morris and I's background, I think in the early days it was kind of like talking Chinese to each other. And um, and but at the end of the day, it's really become I think our biggest strength because you know he could create everything and build new camera tech and and you know want to experiment everything on the production side. And then I really came in as to you know how can I take this talent, how can I take this content and sell it to brands and advertisers and and you know kind of shared my ideas with him about ways we could apply this. Um, you know, because he's never, he's only ever really worked in Hollywood, which is great, um, but just really had no understanding of the brand agency world. And I think that's really where we came together. And so I just did everything I possibly could to let him create the content. And now I kind of joke because I think at the end of the day, he did everything he said he was going to do. And I did everything I said I would never do. And yeah. that's kind of how we ended up where we are now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, yeah. uh, and, and, do you have any other examples of projects you're working on now? I, I just find that since it's just such a new field, it's always interesting to see what people are creating. If there's another Yeah, definitely. Cool I mean, we just launched, um, we really just launched like our, our biggest and kind of most ambitious project to date um, for uh, YouTube creator MatPat and his new uh, YouTube Red series called Game Lab. And we literally shot over four hours of VR content for the series. Um, we shot eight episodes. A lot of the shoots involved multiple cameras, including drones and, and custom-built systems that we had never <laughs> used before. Um, wow. And, yeah, I mean, it was we pretty much delivered over 45 minutes of VR content, um, which is over 40 terabytes of data. Oh. And so they're releasing a new episode every week. So another one, episode four, just got released today with Metal Gear Solid. And, um, and you know, it's going to go through for the next four weeks. There's eight episodes. So I definitely invite everybody to check it out. Oh yeah, that that sounds cool. So, is it about a terabyte a minute for a high quality VR? Um, that would be a part a question for my partner. Okay, fair enough. Let's, fair let's enough. go with that ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. a lot. We'll just we'll just say it's a lot. It's um, a lot. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I'm really curious. Going back to that perspectives, that movie you created. Uh, how so? You guys created that yourself. It sounds like. Or did you do that? We with, did, yeah. Huh. Who, so, that was um, entirely original, and, and really, I have to credit Morris with, with that one. I mean, he, he kind of created the idea for the series. And then at the time, we um, were talking to Sundance, and we had heard that, you know, in New Frontier, they were going to have some VR pieces. And so we were trying to figure out, you know, what can we do that would be great for, for Sundance in 2015. And um, 
ironically, Sundance actually ended up putting us in touch with this director, Rose Trichet, who's just extremely talented. And, you know, she really wanted to collaborate. And so really Rose and, and Morris took it from there. And that's when they created, um, you know, chapter one, The Party. And then we ended up working with her again for chapter two, um, The Misdemeanor. And, you know, it, it's been really cool and interesting. And Rose is really great at understanding the technology now it wasn't like that as much in the beginning but she's just always been a real talented writer and I think she just she kind of had the potential of of what it would take to to really direct and do something extraordinary in VR and just watching her and Morris work together they ended up just you know crushing it <laughs> on this piece of Sundance and um <laughs> yeah it's been it's been a great we've gotten amazing feedback I mean even after the first uh the first one at Sundance we we're actually invited by Tony Atkins to share the piece with the entire Congress and State Assembly of California. So we went up to Sacramento and, wow. and showed the sexual assault demo, which was, yeah, it was. We were we were nervous, but um, but yeah, it was really well received. And I have to applaud, you know, California government for, for <laughs> taking that on. Wow, yeah, that's a good story. And and so, what type of projects do you want to work on in the or? I mean, I'm sure you want to work on a variety of projects, but are there certain projects that kind of have in your mind that you wish you could work on or that that are out there? Yeah, I mean, I think for us, it's really just about pushing boundaries, you know, from both a creative and a technical um, perspective. And so I think every project that we take on is, is usually, you know, bigger and better than the last. But, you know, we really don't want to create things that are mimicky. I think a lot of people have kind of done that up until now and they're starting to understand the importance of VR storytelling. So I think where, you know, where what we really strive at is kind of that narrative driven um, storytelling component. And typically, you know, it's, it's really hard for us to say no. So because <laughs> of that, um, you know, we've taken on some very ambitious projects, including the, the YouTube series just launched and, you know, even the live action surf experience, um, you know, as you can imagine, it's hard enough to, to catch a barrel if you're not shooting VR, much less if you are shooting VR. And so we had to build an entirely new custom camera rig for that that was, you know, waterproof and that we could attach to the surfer. And so we're constantly, you know, just looking for ways to, to innovate and, and really challenge ourselves and create something that's, that's really made for 360. I think there's a lot of um, misconceptions or just not enough education out there. But at the end of the day, like, if you can... If you come to us with a story or an idea that can essentially be created for 2D and I could just as easily watch it on my TV or, you know, my, uh, my desktop, then it's probably not going to make a great VR story. Mm. So I think for us, it's, it's really creating stories that can only be told in VR in a headset. Interesting. And, and what would it, yeah, what defines a story that's perfect for VR? Is it more like, you know it when you see it? Um, no, I mean, it's definitely carefully crafted. Um, I think that's where Morris has just been a, a huge asset and, and really drive, helping to drive the creative. I mean, what a lot of people still don't really realize is that, you know, it requires entirely different hardware, everything from the camera technology to your production pipeline, like what, how you handle it post, it affects the way that, um, you know, you're, you're dealing with characters and staging and blocking and lighting and, you know, if you shoot something behind the scenes, then it's a lot easier because you can obviously have equipment in there or a director's chair um, or lighting for that matter. But, you know, if you're trying to create something specifically in 360 that's not behind the scenes, then, I mean, you literally just have to figure out where to put the camera, how you want to move it. You know, you push the button and then everyone goes and hides. 
<laughs> so, you know, there's no, there's no director's chair when you're filming in VR. Um, and because of that, you know, because the user has the freedom and the ability to, to kind of navigate and, and look wherever they want to, I mean, there's so many factors that are involved with that because you, you constantly want something, you know, happening around you. Um, there are times, like we, we did do it in our perspective series as well, where you do want to try and help guide the user and you might use audio or visual cues to do that. But at the end of the day, that's their choice. You know, they can they can still look elsewhere and, and not follow that guideline at all. Makes sense. And and so, uh, Chief Marketing Officer, you know how how do you get involved with the the projects? Obviously, you try to bring clients in, um, and mm-hmm. then try to yeah. How else do you uh, interact with the projects and the clients and pull it all together? Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much you know handle everything outside of production and actually creating the content um but you know i think what i've found my role to be a lot of lately is is really being a vr evangelist i mean there's so Hmm. much you know education that still needs to happen and and because i have the background with brands and agencies like i understand you know how they work i know their deadlines i can help manage client expectations which is a huge component in creating vr especially when you're doing something entirely new um so you know i kind of i've I help drive the creative in the beginning and, and really, you know, speak with clients or anybody interested that wants to do VR, find out what their goals are, their milestones, you know, talk about whatever KPIs they, they need to hit and, you know, why it's so impactful. And, and because of that, I can, you know, speak their language and then translate, you know, the VR kind of side to that and, and bring everyone together. So I do a lot, a lot of stuff mostly in the pre-production phases. Um, yeah, business development, marketing, and then afterwards we'll help, um, you know, distribute the content as well. We've got great relationships with all the all the platforms, so we're able to kind of help them, you know, drive their marketing plan and campaign as well. Interesting. Yeah, I guess you stay busy. <laughs> we'll just say, <laughs> wow. I stay busy. Yeah, <laughs> never boring. <laughs> never, never boring. Um, and oh, sorry. Um, what 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 do you think? Well, I guess you. I guess you already described it, but um, I was gonna ask what was one of the most significant uh, moments you've had around VR. But it probably is the one with that person in the wheelchair. Um, it would, you know, had yeah, definitely. Expression. I mean, exactly. I mean, it was just this, you know, wow moment, just very humbling experience, um, just to have that feeling. So, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of moments. Um, that have been significant within, you know, just internally and with our company and, and milestones that we've overcome. But yeah, I have to say, um, so far that was, that was truly just an epic experience. And, and I was curious, you know, how you said that one of your main roles is being an evangelist. Do clients ever say like, are there enough people using VR? Or do you get a sense for how many people are, are watching some of these, uh, mm-hmm. the, the content pieces you're putting together? And I imagine in the future, there'll be, you know, there'll be 10 X what it is now, but, uh, is that the concern ever? Yeah, it's, it's definitely come up. Um, it doesn't come up as much as it did, you know, let's say last year, but yeah. I think, you know, we're finally at a point where consumer VR is available and it's, it's hit the market. It hasn't necessarily become mainstream yet, but I think it kind of goes back to client expectations and, you know, really at the end of the day, you're, you're giving a client or a brand, you know, unique, um, value add and unfair competitive advantage when you think about it um, with their competitors just to get in on this technology early because I mean VR is here to stay and I think it's going to transform everything and so 
while maybe it doesn't have the metrics they're used to seeing um, on social media and, and those specific KPIs, I think there's a lot to be said for just earned media. Oh, and yeah. and really, since you know Google has YouTube 360, and ever since Cardboard came out, um, you know it's obviously not as immersive as you're going to get on the VR or like a PC um, VR experience. But I think it's really been a gateway. And you know you have YouTube, like the platforms there, and, and Facebook now with Facebook 360 and all of these tools, it at least can speak to their audience, I guess, in the in the current time. Um, but I have no doubt that it's going to take off and, and be mainstream before they know it. So I just kind of say, you know, you can sit and wait around for consumer adoption or you can help drive it. Yeah. And like you guys, I'm sure the brands are, every time they do it, they probably learn a little bit more and more what, 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 what might work for their brand. Um, what else should a, you know, like a brand or company, if they're like, well, we should try this VR space, but you know, what should mm-hmm. they think about before they even uh, approach somebody like you? Yeah, I mean, there's really a lot for them to think about right now. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it always comes down to why. Like, why do you want to do something in VR? Why, you know, what story do you want to tell? And then, you know, seek out professional VR companies, you know, like Specular Theory or, you know, there's several other out there that can create kind of premium quality content. But just really getting an understanding for how it works, I think there's a lot of education that needs to be done around that. I mean, it's extremely difficult to make from a technical point of view and also extremely difficult to tell a great story just from the creative standpoint. Um, and the traditional tools and kind of ways of thinking about storytelling just really don't apply. So I think a lot of times people assume or they just want to task their production studio that creates commercials or they want to go to their social media or digital team or agency for that matter to produce VR content. But the reality is, is that more than likely, you know, those existing kind of third party vendors they're using like cannot create it um i mean it's just the cameras aren't out there they don't have the experience and and i'm sure that will change i know a lot of agencies now kind of becoming a trend to have sort of an emerging tech new frontier studio within their studio so that they can learn more about it um but you know it's a learning process for everybody and i think it's an exciting huge opportunity for brands to really like dive in or they're going to get left behind in my humble opinion um but, you know, just to understand that it's a new medium and with that, you know, things aren't always going to go completely as planned, but they, you know, we will overcome those hurdles as they, as they, you know, happen. And you just really can't compare it to a traditional sense. So I think just managing client expectations and, and even for the VR side, I mean, it's our responsibility to, to really facilitate that and to, you know, effectively communicate what's happening, what's going on. And, um, you know, just realize that not everything's perfect right now, but we are in a great time for brands to get involved. And I think another big kind of misconception is that the technology isn't ready or that, you know, they read about in the press that people get dizzy or things like that. And I mean, sure, that does happen. I mean, the reality is is if you get, you know, seasick or sick from a roller coaster in real life, you're probably (laughs) going to be more prone to doing that in VR. But but really, it's like, I, I feel like the worst thing that can happen is just bad VR content. And so a lot of times, people just haven't seen good VR content. And if you experience, you know, bad content that wasn't stitched properly, that has, you know, is using a lot of motion or just going against best practices more or less, then, you know, it is going to induce sort of nausea. So, you know, people are improving and I applaud everybody that's, that's, you know, kind of a hobbyist in VR right now and experimenting and, um, you know, and like at the end of the day, we have about three years on everybody else doing this. So we've just, fail fast and we just created that much more content but 
you know, the, the platforms are ready. Like Air VR is out. You've got like eight major headset releases coming out this year. The holidays will be huge. You know, YouTube 360 is an amazing platform. Um, and that's one of the things too, is we'll typically take on a project and create the project and we'll optimize it for every platform. So we're sort of platform wow. agnostic in that sense. Okay. Um, so when people talk about maybe there's not enough headsets out, it's like, okay, well, great. Well, you still have Google Cardboard. You still have YouTube 360 for people that don't have Cardboard. And then for everyone who happens to have the Gear VR or, you know, Oculus or the Vive, then awesome. You know, they get to support immersive experience. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. And we're almost done with the interview, but I still have a couple more questions. And one is, in, in, sure. ten, in 10 years, do you still think people will consume uh, traditional media like and TV and movies in the same way they do now? Or will a lot of it move to VR? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I don't know what the time frame will be. I'll say that. Um, I don't know about 10 years, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what what's really happening is like we're going from this information age to an experience age. Hmm. And for the first time, you know, we have this ability to create first person memories. So we're no longer spectators or, or watching things or reading things. So I think in the future, you know, it's, it's not going to look like ski goggles on your head and it'll probably go to, you know, some type of glasses like Oakley's to, you know, like a contact lens. Um, I think we'll <laughs> definitely see a lot more. You know, mixed reality. I love HoloLens. I haven't tried Magic Leap yet, but I've heard amazing things. And you know, I think I think people will realize as much as they may have a fear of it now that it's actually just that much better and more. It's a better learning process as well. I mean, if I had had VR in middle school, I probably would have been a straight A student in science, mm. but I couldn't, you know, grasp particles oh, and yeah. periodic tables yeah, yeah. or reading about it, you know, on, on this flat page more or less. Um, so I think, yeah, I think in the future it will ultimately affect everybody that consumes online video or online content now will be grabbing for their headset or putting on their glasses and and learning that way. Have you guys done any uh, augmented reality work or are thinking about it? We did a little bit of, um, of it in the beginning, actually. We, we were creating some AR um, before we got into VR, and, and it was great, and... Um, you know, we did some really cool demos and, and reached out to brands. I think, you know, at that time, it was a little too early for augmented reality. I think the next big wave is VR, and then after that, um, you know, undoubtedly will become AR. But I think at the time, a couple of years ago, it was just too gimmicky. And then what we were finding was, you know, as a user, you go on your mobile phone, you have to open the app, you, you know, have your camera, then you have to point it at a target image, and then whatever pops out of the target image, you know, whether it's a 4D animation or it turns, you know, static print into something more interactive. It's, you know, you, you think it's really cool, like once, and maybe you tell a friend about it, but then you never go back to that app. And I think what we found with VR is that the minute you try something, you know, you want more, like you're ready for more content and you're hooked on the device. Whereas AR, just, I think it was a timing issue. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think in the future, it'll be both. Gotcha. And, and, the last question, which I don't know if it's that exciting of a question. Uh, maybe I should come up with a more exciting one. But I was curious, does it to, to produce one minute, and I know you're not as much on the production side always, but to produce one minute of a VR, does it take a lot more time and effort than the one minute of traditional video? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it definitely, you know, people always ask us for, you know, just the way that we did projects and, and costs and, 
know, it's just so hard to determine. Like, you, you can't really go to someone and ask how much it's going to cost to make a movie without knowing the script or where you're shooting or, you know, any kind of scope of, of project. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, kind of the general the general rule of thumb that we found is if you look at what it takes to produce a traditional, you know, video, then typically if you multiply that by, by three, then, you know, you'll have enough for VR. Um, oh, wow. So there's just, okay. there's just so many variables that kind of affect it. But, um, and a lot of that is because of post and, yeah, it's just it's, it, everything. You're you're really just building everything from scratch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there there is no like Adobe of VR at this point. <laughs> so you know, the, the tools will get easier. But um, but yeah, I definitely expect you know longer turnaround times. Although they are getting much much faster. I mean, the fact that even just the YouTube project that we delivered eight episodes in like less than three months was um was amazing and a huge improvement from you know last year or two years ago when it took us four months to do you know, one minute of 180 content. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's, it's constantly changing every week. That makes sense. And w- will you guys sell any of the technology you're building? Like, you know, you had some different hardware tech, and I don't know if you're developing software too, but will you guys mm-hmm. uh, sell any of that to third parties? I mean, yeah, as of right now, we're, we're not. Um, we pretty much just have everything in-house for our own production, um, but it is all proprietary and, I don't think that we necessarily want to get into the business of manufacturing cameras, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but whether or not, you know, we can leverage that later and, and people are interested in it, then, you know, we can go from there. But yeah, right now it's just, um, it's just basically a tool that we have that enables us to, to create great content. Huh. That makes sense. All right. Well, I think that just about does it, but I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show and uh, telling us more about VR. It's quite interesting. Yeah. I, I definitely read about VR, but I mean, I, you're, I'll have to say immersive experience, eh, a little play mm-hmm. words is, was uh, quite interesting to hear just what you guys are working on. And I mean, the perspective is just a clever idea. And so definitely at least made me think about VR in a different way. And I hope, uh, I think the cool. audience will have the same. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, so I wish you good luck and, uh, and thanks everyone for listening to another episode of a uh, Flyer Labs. And uh, thanks again, Ryan, for coming on the show and telling us about your background and what you guys are doing. Thank you. All right. Anytime. Th- thanks everyone. All right. Bye.